Welcome to Brainwaves Bistro. Grab yourselves a cuppa, kick back, and join us for mental health talk with a positive vibe. Here's Julianne. Thanks for joining us, Bob. My co-host today and my technical guru, what would I do without this girl? She is going to introduce you to one amazing individual. Well, yes, Julianne, and hello there, Jens. On the line from Leipzig in Germany. Uh, I know it's very early in the morning where you are, so I hope you've had time to grab your cup of coffee. Have you got it there? Yes, I have it. Uh, Thank you. Wonderful. (laughs) And what's the time there in the morning? It's 9 a.m. in the morning. Oh, Oh, it's not not too early. That's fantastic. So, Jens, you've had a very impressive life an amazing and colourful um, curricula vitae, or CV as we call them. Uh, you were born uh, then in Soviet-run East Germany, uh, which is now okay. Germany, uh, after the Berlin Wall came down. I hear that in later years you learned to jump out of planes, trains and moving vehicles. Wow. <laughs> then what followed was a master's degree in economics. That is a contrast, but less, less life threatening, (laughs) yes. Um, You changed back again to pursue your love of physical fitness and good nutrition, and you've helped so many people along the way, particularly in the area of those suffering with long COVID. Yes, uh, that's that's right. I mean, uh, um, I changed uh, from economics and marketing and sales uh, due to my passion and my interest uh, into into the field of health, nutrition, fitness, and uh, I'm now in this field for let's say over three decades and uh, learned about uh, yeah nutrition, fitness, yoga, massages, uh, and studied a lot of things. And uh, especially now over last three years, that's right, uh, since long uh, since COVID came up, uh, I got in contact and in touch with a few clients and people and helped them. Mm. Uh, because, I mean, as you know, uh, the scientific research on long COVID is very difficult and um it's a new health problem. A, it certainly is, yes. And, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, yeah. but, but everybody's wanting to know, I'm sure they are, you've had that interesting life, but I want to hear first before we go into the serious stuff, but this is serious, how you jumped out of trains and cars and <laughs> and, and trekked. For miles and miles oh, on your own oh. with a compass. Come on, be the hero. Leipzig, where oh, you lived. Leipzig, no. yeah, where you lived up is known, nickname as the city of heroes. So you're living up to that. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. I, I mean, uh, nothing, nothing special. I mean, I wasn't really like Navy SEALs, or I did during uh, the army some uh, training, self defense. And yes, I mean, uh, I learned shooting, uh, I learned survival in the forest, uh, when you are on your own, for example, for one week. And, and you trekked uh, on your own with the compass. Yes. Yes. And we learned also how to survive in the, yeah, in the bush. 
Ja, uh, on your own and learned, uh, yeah, jumping out from a car or trains. Easy. Uh, the, the, the main thing is what is, um, what was a very good experience for me is you learn a lot about your own body. Uh, your own ability, what you can do, what you can achieve. And you learn about self-control and be conscious and you learn about your limits. So this was a very interesting experience for me yeah, uh, to learn how can I concentrate, uh, to learn about physical uh, capacity, abilities. So this was a very interesting and exciting stuff. That's so your, your studies at Berlin University in economics, they didn't really yeah. get much of a run, did they? You uh, stayed uh, elsewhere. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I mean, you have to consider that I was uh, born and lived in East Germany. And so, I mean, uh, economics was a field I was interested in. Uh, but uh, at this time in East, uh, East Germany, you couldn't choose what you would like to study. Uh, it was determined. I mean, uh, there were... Let's see how how shall I say it? Rates. I mean, you got your job offer, and that's what you have to do it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. So we couldn't choose like in our days. Uh, the university got the job offers, and what uh, board of directors uh, choose the students and. Uh, we adjusted the job of us, and that's it. It's so a different way you, of life, isn't that's, it? That's how you how you come in, and uh, but I mean, it was interesting for me um, uh, because I'm also a little bit in, let's say, kind of analytics and to understand economics. Uh, at this time, it was interesting for me, and um, I had also the advantage. We learned English, we learned Russian, so uh, it was quite good. Yeah, and afterwards, I was until until the middle of nineties. I was also busy uh, working in the field of marketing and sales. Yeah, and then. In the middle of the 90s, 95, 96, I started changing into this field of uh, nutrition, health, fitness, yeah, this kind of stuff. Well, you certainly made your mark there. You've been a physical trainer and you're very much into nutrition. We get very confused with all the different food plans and ways of uh, – it really comes down to – the individual, what suits you. What's your general advice on nutrition? I know you've been writing a book on nutrition. Tell us. Uh, look, I mean, um, let's say it starts, uh, I mean, I studied um, uh, a lot of things, yeah, um, uh, besides from books. Uh, I'm regular on studies, for example, Yale University, American Council for Sports and Medicine, uh, studies in Germany, all this kind of stuff. And uh, one important thing uh, to mention is already in the 1930s, 
Professor Manfred von Ardenne and Otto Warburg discovered two main things when it comes down to cancer, any kind of cancer. All right. We discovered that cancer cells grow and need two main things. We grow in an anaerobic environment. It means in our body, we grow without oxygen. We don't need oxygen. We need an anaerobic environment. Anaerobic? Uh-huh. Anaerobic, yes. Uh -huh. Without oxygen, no oxygen. And the second thing is, maybe you heard about the pH level of our body. We have acid and we have alkaline. And we discovered that cancer cells need an acid environment in our body. So if you, and we discovered this already uh, 90 years ago. Okay. And outgoing from this, for example, Professor Manfred von Ardenne developed the so-called oxygen therapy. It means if we get enough oxygen in our body, cancer cells die. We automatically die. And the second thing, when it comes down to the pH level, acid or alkaline, If we bring our body into a neutral or alkaline level, pH level, cancer cells die. And this is, for example, one of the main things or fundamental principles when it comes down to nutrition. Yeah. Over the last 20 years, I developed my own concept uh, about uh, natural health. And uh, one thing is that we keep our pH level on an alkaline base. Now, when it comes down and you look at our food, how we eat, now, uh, what you have to consider, what is acid, what is alkaline. And in our daily diet, we eat usually too many things on an acid balance. So when we talk about meat, when we talk about cheese, uh, when we talk about certain complex carbohydrates, when we talk about all this coke and whatever what we have, it all brings our body on an acid level. So on the other side, when it comes down to uh, fruits and vegetables, we usually eat not too much or to our intake of vegetables and fruits is usually too low. And all the vegetables, they are on an alkaline base. Even, for example, an orange, you know, maybe people think it's acid. No, it isn't. Yeah, an orange is alkaline. It's not the way how we how we taste it, it's the way how the body breaks it down in the chemical, biological way. And it's registered as an alkaline. So this is one of the main things, uh, or yeah, uh, a major thing, what we can easily consider. Obviously, um, people have to change their routine of eating. Yeah, you know, uh, we have to change our daily life 
or our daily routine, how we eat and how we cook. And I want to give you a small example how I start in the morning, for example. My first thing what I have in the morning is a cup of hot water, boiled water. Why? What's the reason? When we sleep, we produce toxins, okay? Our heart is working, our brain keeps working. So we produce uh, yeah, rubbish during the night in our body, and we have to flush it out in the morning. So it's not a good idea in the morning. You see it, for example, when you go to the toilet. The urine looks yellow, and it maybe smells a little bit. It means we are on an acid level and you can measure it. Okay. Now, if you start in the morning with a cup of coffee, it's not the best idea, uh, because it's not easy. Yeah. You give already your liver a lot of work instead of helping her to flesh out the stuff. So that's why I start in the morning with boiled water. And what is the reason of boiled water? Uh, maybe who is familiar with Ayurveda therapy. Ayurveda uses boiled water when you do an Ayurveda cure or diet. The reason is, the reason is, the molecular structure of the water. Let's say the molecules, uh, the molecule structure, the chains are this big. Now, when you boil the water, it breaks down. So the molecular chains are smaller, shorter. So it means uh, we can digest it easier and better. And besides, if you drink something with a temperature more to the body temperature, it's easier to digest. Yeah, that's for example one small thing. And the next step in my breakfast to say, uh, I eat some fruits. I just eat at first some fruits. Let's say after 10 minutes of drinking my water, you can put some in water. Let's say some lemons, some ginger or whatever you like. Yeah. Uh, the same thing would be if you drink, for example, in the morning, maybe herbal tea, if you prefer. And 10 minutes later, uh, I give my body some fruits. It's like a little bit warm up before I have my regular breakfast. All right. It's like doing with exercises. My body gets used to it. It's a little bit of warm up. So, and when it's how, that's the way how I start in the morning. Uh, and I do this now for, yeah, I don't know, 20 years every day. It's an automatic routine. Yeah. I even managed this routine when I was working during the five years on cruise ships. Yeah. So you were a trainer too. That must have been a fun life. Yeah. <laughs> you must have met lots of interesting people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and uh, just to give you another example, uh, how I eat in the evening, uh, maybe I'm not the ordinary guy with, when it comes down to nutrition, because I eat only twice during the day. All right. Uh, because um, when we look about, uh, let's say, the caloric theories, it says we need so many calories, so many calories, so many calories. 
it's not true because also it says we need enough protein and whatever. Now, for example, uh, there's a Russian doctor, uh, Galina Shatalova. She was scientist and doctor and worked especially on with nutrition and also on health. And she made a few uh, studies and examples and she showed people that we can live, they lived on approximately 1,000 to 1,100 calories per day without losing any weight. And they discovered, for example, also in uh, certain studies that our body is able to produce the own protein. All right. Uh, the body can turn, or, sorry, body can turn. Yes, exactly. If your stomach and the uh, intestines are working properly, we can produce uh, the protein on ourselves. All right. And just to give you an example, I mean, I can, I could show you my daily routine, what I eat any day, uh, the amount of nutrition. I come down to approximately 1,500 calories. That's it. I don't wow. need more. And now, uh, I made, I made the studies, uh, and checked it with our caloric theories. Now, according to this, having less calories and having not enough protein, what the theoretics, what the theory says, uh, I shouldn't sit here because usually in about approximately six to seven years, I should disappear. <laughs> I shouldn't be even sitting in front of you. Yeah. So, and the reason is um, that we, that, uh, if we look at our caloric theory, especially in Germany, Okay, I start, I'm all, uh, I'm regular in the studies also in Germany. Now, the basic of a caloric theory is back down uh, to 1870. 1870, 1871, uh, during the German war, uh, the Kaiser uh, gave order to figure out how many calories the soldiers need at the front. So, and they discovered at this time, yes, you need so many calories, so many carbohydrates, so much protein. And unfortunately, it's still the foundation, the basics of our theory today. And uh, I mean, it's, it's simply crazy. It's simply crazy. But on the other hand, okay, to be honest, I mean, uh, nobody is really interested to going in real nutritional science because what would happen? All right. You don't need any supplements anymore. All right. You don't have to eat every day meat and so on and so on. So what would happen? You don't need any pills. You don't need pills for diabetes too. All right. I brought back people from diabetes too within four to six weeks. 
just with a routine of nutrition and exercises. And that's it. Yeah, diabetes 2 is gone. All right. You have the same when it comes down osteoporosis. All right. Uh, take rheuma. It's all very related to the pH level. For example, osteoporosis means a loss of calcium, right? Yes. Yeah, osteoporosis. Yes. It's in my family. Yes. All right. yes. Yes. It's the loss of calcium. Now, what happens? Let's have a look at the pH level, acid and alkaline. Now, we know, uh, in the caloric theory, we say, all right, for example, you have to drink milk. Yeah, take milk, there's a lot of calcium, uh, whatever. All right. Now, uh, what happens if you're on an acid level and alkaline level? All right. Now, uh, if we are acid, what happens? Our body takes water out of the circulations and shuffles it in this area, in the acid area. Let's take, for example, our hands. You see it when people have rheuma or whatever. You have swollen hands, swollen joints. All right. This is an accumulation of water. Because, for example, Bob, let's say, if I drop acid on your hand, what would you do? Maybe at first you slap me in my face. <laughs> All right. But the second thing is how you would take it off. Maybe you go water and you rinse it, yeah, to, uh, to eliminate it. So the body is doing the same. He takes water out from the circulation and brings it in this area to reduce the acid level. Now, if this doesn't help, what is the next step the body is doing? The body takes calcium out of your body. Why? Calcium is the only alkaline mineral in our body. So where's the calcium coming from? From the bones. So he takes the calcium out of the bones and puts it in this area. But what you have to consider now is calcium is a mineral. It's like a tiny, tiny, small stone. So if now this calcium comes in this area and you start moving with small, tiny sand pieces they cause friction, and friction causes pain. Now you have, you can compare, let's say you have a bowl of water, and slowly you put sand in it, so eventually it becomes like mud. It gets glued, it gets stuck. So that's the same what happens in this area. So it causes friction and it causes pain. And now, uh, when we Thank say, for example, yeah, and now yeah. for example, yes. if we advise people, usually, let's say, take some, take some high protein products, like, for example, cow products, yeah, yogurt, milk, or whatever. Now, what we don't tell the people, although we know it for over 40 years, the protein in the cow's milk contains 
an ILGF, an insulin-like growth factor one. You can desert it. You find it everywhere in the meantime. The ILGF one is a growth factor for uncontrolled cell growth. And that's how you get eventually step-by-step cancer. Cancer, yeah. Cancer cells are uncontrolled cells, yeah, uncontrolled growing cells. Yeah. So, and that's what you do, uh, especially also since it's acid. If you consume this diary products from the cow, yeah, your body comes more on an acid level. And eventually you have all the chance later on during your life to develop cancer. So, and it's, it's, it doesn't help the situation. Yeah. Uh, important is, you bring your body back to a neutral, balanced pH level. Oh, wow. that's, how you, that's how you flesh it out. And that's the main thing. What I did also uh, when it comes down to osteoporosis and rheuma, uh, my first advice, working with these people on the nutrition, mm-hmm. all right? And the second thing is, uh, we start doing exercises. Mm-hmm. Now, I, yeah, I don't, I don't talk about running a marathon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the main reason is to bring oxygen into the body. Yeah. To relax, for example, exercises can be to, for example, yoga or pilates. So you start Walking in, uh, how, how I call it, oxygen balance. If you start walking or jogging in oxygen balance, it's an easy, easy and simple method. All right. Uh, oxygen balance means that you have a certain uh, method for uh, inhale and exhale. Let's say, for example, you walk, you inhale three steps and you exhale three steps. That's maybe this, that's maybe how you start. The main thing is, the main goal is your exhale is longer than the inhale. So for example, three or four steps inhale, five to six steps ideally exhale. To give you an example, it doesn't matter how many steps you can make. When I walk, for example, now, I'm on 10 steps inhale and 12 steps exhale easily. Yeah. Now, when I, go, oh, sorry. when I go talking, four inhale, six exhale. All right. Six, so right. Uh, just to give you, just to give you an example, uh, how this works. And the people, the people see very quickly results. Now, what about we? This is so fascinating, and I've learned heaps, particularly about osteoporosis. But we we're going to talk about so many things. But we got so involved in what you're saying, and I want you definitely to come back and talk to us. But we were going to talk. I want to talk about exercise. We won't have time today, so do yeah. come back. But long COVID. I mean. Yes, something that that really there's a lot of research being done. We don't truly know. I mean, I'll just add my little thing, and then you can tell us 
Perhaps right. Now, the analysis of medical medical research of 230,000 people in the US, right, who recovered from COVID-19, one-third went to develop a diagnosis of a neurological and or psychiatric condition. I'll probably talk about that next time. But um, it's pretty frightening, isn't it? And I know you do a lot of work with brain fog and and motivation, and there's so much more to talk about. But a lot of the research that's happening is at Yale, as you said, and different universities, and it's a really interesting topic to pursue. So I will, I hope you will come back and talk about that. Before you go, can you please give us a few tips or what you do? Just just a summary of what you do with people. Yeah. Yeah, with long yeah. COVID and yeah, perfectly, uh, perfectly, we can do. I mean, uh, it's definitely yes. What we discovered uh, so far uh, in the medical and scientific uh, researches and studies. I mean, we have three major concerns uh, with regards to long COVID. Three major health problems. First one is uh, CFS, chronic fatigue syndrome. You, uh, you heard uh, most probably about it. The second thing people suffer, uh, it's concentration. All right. Is that the uh, brain fog we talk yeah, about? That's yeah. The, that's we the talk brain, about brain fog. fog. Okay. And the third thing is breathing problems. Yeah. Is that breathing. from, say, yeah. chest yeah, infections or um, over uh, cytokines, oversupply from inflammation? I, I'm not sure you know. Oh, by the way, we must advise people, if there's anything that you're not sure of, about what we say, please seek medical advice from your medical practitioner. Yes. Wise, yes, wise right. words. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, now, uh, for example, uh, I know I sent you... Uh, um, I sent you um, some information about two clients I worked with. Uh, I sent it to you by email. Uh, yes, for- but it was in German, Jens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I know. In German. I, I can, I, I can send it French? later. <laughs> I can send it later in English. I just wanted Please to do. show you and explain. Uh, I did a physical assessment with them in the beginning and after two weeks. All right. And I performed this assessment according to the American Council of Sports and Medicine. Uh, we set three standards, uh, discovering the fitness uh, level uh, for the chest, for the core and the lower body. All right. So and I showed you we had within this two weeks a significant improvement uh, over 50 percent overall. All right. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. So one thing is to be clear, uh, I started with him straight away on a nutritional routine. All right. I gave him advice what to eat during these two weeks and to stick with. The second thing, uh, we did a few exercises, uh, for example, um, I started, for example, with some yoga uh, routines because uh, it helps to bring down the mind and to get in some physical routine. 
All right. Wow. You uh, have to come back, Jens, really you must, because so many people at the moment are battling, including a lovely lady called um, Tracy, who's just written a book called on AI called Man yeah. who for, for 18 months was in a wheelchair and had brain fog, but she still wrote this uh, amazing bestseller. So would you come back and tell us more? because there's so much to learn and there's so much more research. And um, for me, it was such a pleasure to listen to you and I've learned so much. And I think Barb feels the same way. Yes, I do, Julianne, and thank you so much, Jens. You're a, a fountain of knowledge, which is just fantastic. So we we need to have another session with you for sure, but we've only got a little yeah. bit of time left. So we've heard how important it is to research the brain, and that is one reason why we support the Black Dog Institute for Mental Health here in Australia. Their research into mental disorders, the brain and suicide prevention are really important and they're a not-for-profit and need our help. Um, So those listeners out there, you can help fund mental research and go to Google Black Dog Institute, learn more and put Black Dog on your Christmas donation list to help so many people now and in the future. And we want to thank Jens and have a wonderful German Christmas. Maybe it'll be magical and you'll even have snow. Yes, all right. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I wish you all a happy Christmas. Yeah, Uh, have a good time and especially stay healthy. And as I said, all right, uh, just one of the advices, uh, and maybe later on we continue, is uh, working in oxygen balance. Yeah, that's a simple thing everybody can do. Yeah, and uh, later on uh, we get deeper, if you like. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.